0: Welcome in to the B-List Daily here on Sports Time 780 and live online, sportstimemaine.com. My name's Aaron Morris. I'm filling in for Matty B on this Wednesday morning from 10 to noon here. Joined in studio by the coach, Dave Wing, talking all things New England and local sports. We'll have a couple guests on the show today. We'll have... Sarah Sevian from Bruins Daily at 11 a.m. And at 11.30, we'll have Trevor Heffel, St. Dom's alum, and assistant men's lacrosse coach over at Bates College. They have a big showdown tonight, 7 o'clock, with Bowden on Garcelon Field. But first things first, coach, Boston Red Sox baseball. A thriller yesterday. They, As Alex Cora put it, they stole one, but they got the victory in extra innings. They're 5-1 on the year. They've won five in a row, but... As you were pointing off off air, uh, point out off air they should be five and one based on their opponents, right?
1: Yeah, those are probably two of the weakest hitting teams in in Major League Baseball, uh, Tampa and Miami. But you know, <clears throat> Maddie and I talked about this for a long time because he loves to brag up how many how many World Championships the Yankees have won, and we both agreed that their formula for success was in the regular season. Beat the Tampas and the Miamis pretty regularly, and then split with the really good teams. Mm-hmm. And that's a formula for getting you, you know, it's like, kind of like the New England Patriots. If you win the six games in your division, all you got to do is 500 the rest of the way, and you're 11-5. and five. So not a bad deal. So, uh, yeah, they need to win those games. And, you know, I really believe that you can't get panicky over uh, wins and losses in a 162-game se- season. However... The ones in March and April count just as much as the ones in September and October. Yeah, they're all. They don't feel the same. Yeah, <laughs> but when they count them up and add, put the adding machine to them, they they count just as much. What a homestand coming up! Home opener tomorrow,
0: two o five p.m. against Tampa Bay. Then off day Friday, home against Tampa Saturday and Sunday. Off day Monday, and then they have uh, six more, uh, so a nine game homestand. Three with the Yankees midweek next week. And then, uh, pardon me, actually, wow, four-game series with the Orioles. So (coughs) that is a 10-game homestand. Four-game series with the Orioles starting on Friday. So quite a bit of home games, and then they go on the road for, uh, for, let's see, nine on the road. So uh, enjoy it here starting tomorrow. Fenway Park going to be home to some Red Sox baseball for the first time this season. Xander Bogart's off to a great start, hitting 357, although he hasn't walked at all yet, but still <laughs> getting
1: some hits. Five doubles and a home run
0: already. That's, that's encouraging.
1: Yeah, he's really been, uh, he and Hanley have been the only two that really have consistently hit. Uh, we haven't seen anything but many attendee. Uh, bets hit the last couple games. They, they really haven't hit at all, and <laughs> this is pretty typical of this time of the year. Normally... The pitching is a little bit ahead of the hitting. What happens for hitters is you spend so much time <laughs> hitting in the cage, underneath the in the stands, in the in the cage, you get a little hand and wrist and arm worry. And it's the first time you've seen really top of the line pitching where it counts. Uh, and they've got more than the fastball. You know, they've got the changeup, they've got the split finger, and all the things that. Make it very difficult to hit over 300 ever. Um, so the hitting falls a little bit behind. And then as the weather gets a little warmer, the other thing is wooden bat in this weather. Yeah, thank you very much. I, I'd rather not. Um, you know, and then as the su- summer really sets in and it's warm and they get loosened up and then, then you really see the hitting pick up. So I'm, I'm pretty pleased that they're five and one with. with uh, the opening of the season because I certainly have seen plenty of years where they're two and three or yeah, you know two and four or whatever. So it's nice, nice to get started. No matter who you're playing, yeah. Once Benatendi and Jackie Bradley start to get going, that, that they should be in pretty
0: good shape offensively. Obviously, uh, the big addition to the off season was J.D. Martinez.
1: Not a great start for him either. No, he's hitting 200 and yeah. he had a couple games where he had some opportunities or guys on, just didn't do anything. And it's and you know it's kind of strange. I I mean he played in the National League, so I didn't didn't see him much. Right. He's got a pretty interesting swing. I don't know if you've seen him play lately, but when they talk about launch angle, right. He's he's got plenty of that. Yeah. (laughs) It it almost he's almost golfing the ball. He he's got a real upswing. Maybe why he hit forty five home runs. Um, you know, but that I mean that's always one of the worries when you got to a guy that's a power hitter, they strike out a lot. It's funny. He started his career with the Astros when the Astros were in the National yes. League in
0: 2011. Yeah. Uh, then he made the transition with them to the American League. He wasn't really tearing the world apart uh, with Houston, so they kind of gave up on him. And then Detroit got some great years from him, Sorry, in 2014 when he hit 23 home runs and an all-star. His only all-star year was 2015, hit 38 home runs, drove in 102 runs with the Tigers, and then played with Detroit again the following season, uh, dropped off a little bit to 22 home runs. Um, he still had he had about 100 fewer plate appearances. And then last year split time with Detroit and then Arizona in the National League, and now with Boston. So he's been moving around a little bit. He's 30 years old, and hopefully he can uh, get something going this year for the Red Sox. Cause they definitely, that was their Achilles heel last year where they were not hitting home runs, and this is an era where you need to hit home runs at the minimum if you want to contend, it seems like. Well,
1: I think you do, although, you know, the Red Sox scored a lot run, of runs. The, <laughs> the, 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 the problem with the Red Sox, yeah, besides being in a tough division, the problem with the Red Sox last couple of years, and I think it's one of the things that Farrell got fired for, besides not being able to, to handle the clubhouse, the Red Sox ran into more outs last year with stupid, foolish base running. And every time they did, instead of saying, We've got to be better on the bases. We've got to pay better attention to who's the guy in the outfield with the great arms. Where, where was it here? Did they pick, you know, blah, blah, blah. No. Every time he said, we want to be aggressive. We're going to take that exit. I mean, he makes excuses for just foolish base running. You know, the old ground ball, the shortstop, when you're on second trying to go to third. It's like, hello, what are you doing? And over and over, and – I, they led the absolute Major League Baseball <clears throat> in outs at home and at third base. That'll take you out of pretty much every game that I know of. So, and they still won the American League East.
0: Right. I'm still am kind of amazed that they Isn't
1: it? They fired the manager after they win the division. Twice. Two years in a row. Yeah. they. Yeah. Now, they also. And he miss- has a World Series. Yeah. They also discount. They, uh, they also finished last two years in a row. So. Right. He had a little bit of each. Um uh, well, I, I think they were expecting one kind of a manager, and he wasn't that. I think they wanted the gunslinger. You know, the, that's probably not a good uh, good usage these days, but they wanted the tough guy. And he's got that look that he's a tough guy. But what happened was he's not. <laughs> and he didn't handle the pitching staff well, and I don't understand. He's the He used to be the pitching coach, and he was great at it. When he and Frank Ona were together, the difference was he handled the pitching staff and Francona took care of the locker room. Just like he's doing in Cleveland. You know, he's a great manager. Well how about
0: the Yankees getting rid of Girardi after they were one game away from going to the World Series last year? Okay, <laughs> right, the Yankees lost to the eventual World Series champions in seven well, games. I,
1: I think the same thing. We're in the, the new millennium, if you will. Yeah. And for you new millennials, um, it used to be this is what the manager said shut the hell up and sit down. That's what Girardi would, be. you know. Yeah. yeah. And and even in high school coaching, I think there was a spell where shut the hell up. I'm the on the coach, get out, yeah. you know. And I think now I think that isn't going to work. No, I c wouldn't say ever. And I think some people can pull off that kind of an image with with a, a personality that goes with it. I think what Big league clubs, because it's such a long season, what they're looking for is the guy who understands what some of the issues might be for a, a young player. Because it seems like the the league is younger these days. They hired Aaron Boone, who has never managed yeah. a game in his life, and Cora has <laughs> been the bench coach. Now he has done some Venezuelan and Puerto Rican summer stuff, you know, winter stuff. I mean, and and whatever, but same thing. I think the two. Premier franchises hired guys who they they think anyway are going to going to identify and get along better with the younger players. It'll be
0: interesting to see how that ends up working out. Obviously there's a ton of talent on both teams. I mean the Yankees with how about the Yankee fans booing uh Stan? <laughs> I I was shocked. In a game know. that they first, won with
1: ease. first home game. Yeah. He didn't look good. I'll, I'll give him that. He struck out five times. They probably were just those 200 fans that were still there by the way. Mm-hmm. It was rainy, crappy day and there wasn't I mean, you talk about people dressed up like empty seats, it's about to tell you what. They certainly were. But he strikes out the fifth time and they outright booed him. Right. And I'm thinking, are we in Philadelphia? What the heck is going on here? <laughs> yeah, that that is unbelievable. I mean, he's the reigning home run king from the national league. MVP, right?
0: Hit two home runs the other day against Toronto like just a few days ago.
1: You know, in his first home game, and you you can't – I mean, I don't expect you to cheer for him when he strikes out, but really? (laughs) I suppose, you know, you pay your whatever – well, especially in Yankee Stadium or Fenway Park, what you're paying is outrageous. Your your $70. Yeah, and you watch the guy (laughs) whiff five times. And he wasn't even close on a couple that I saw on replay. So, yeah, it's a little frustrating. And you paid your money. But you know, getting back to the manager, don't we hear that all the time about Belichick? That you know he's pretty tight. He 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 wants things done his way. They work hard, and so on. And now we got Gronk, and I don't know. They're trying to make it out that Brady's not happy. I don't know if he really, if that's really true or not, but. You know Gronk wanting to celebrate and he can't, and Gronk wanting this. And well, I, I'm telling you right now that I, I still think they're going to trade him. Oh, because
0: well, yeah, last year like the NFL allowed you to, yes. for the first time, allowed you to like, do coordinated like yeah. celebrations and stuff after none, touchdowns. And, none for the Patriots. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> Gronk was like, I can't talk about that with you guys. Because Maddie
1: and I said, Do you like being in first place? Right. Do you like playing for the Super Bowl? 50% of the time, which is absolutely <laughs> unreal, then shut up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you're a professional athlete. They're paying you money. Yeah. Quite a bit of money, $10 million a year. I mean, it's not a great contract for what his ability is. It's the contract he signed. Yeah, NFL players kind of get the worst yeah. of it. But I mean, okay, so the guy's tight, and he's this, and he's that. I get over it. <laughs> does he Does he embarrass you? Does he, have you ever... In 18 years, all the time that they've been right on the top, by the way, have you heard Belichick say, now that Aaron Morris, if he'd work a little harder, we-. never does he <laughs> disparage a player. He says, we didn't play that well today. We didn't coach very well today. He takes just as much blame as everybody else. Um, and yet, I mean, you want everybody to be just having fun? And I don't know. I don't. <laughs> Winning I mean, is the fun he has. Well, or I, I think sink. at that level, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think in high school and college, even okay, maybe there's maybe there's a a medium stance there, but in the pros, they're paying you to win. Yeah. I mean, all, all kidding aside.
0: Well, the Red Sox are winning so far this year at five and one, and now you know the schedule. Well, after the Rays here, obviously the Yankees Red Sox showdown mid next week will be. Will be really interesting, I think. I mean the Red Sox obviously have tremendous pitching, especially their starters have been great, but then the Yankees have the new era of their uh uh the Bronx the bombers. Bronx there. bombers. Yeah, is right. my
1: goodness, Judge and Stanton in that lineup.
0: That's crazy.
1: Maddie went through the Red Sox schedule for the for the entire year and he said, I'm gonna name off the team that they're playing. You you say yes or no whether you think that team's gonna be in the playoffs. Right. It's overwhelming no. Yeah, because so many teams are tanking, basically. I mean, Cleveland, the Yankees, Houston, uh, the Dodgers. I don't know. I, I, mean, I think there were seventeen. Well, the American League. I mean, like <laughs> American I was, League. I mean, I'm looking at this like Oakland and I said Minnesota probably.
0: Minnesota has a chance to be a wild card team. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, Cleveland's going to win that division. Cleveland. <laughs> I mean, Cleveland off to a two and three start right now, but they're going to win that division.
1: Cleveland, Minnesota. Uh, who we got on the West Coast in the American
0: the League? The Angels. Otani's looking great. He looked
1: good, didn't he? Otani homered yesterday,
0: yeah. had three hits, uh, looked good on the mound. But I
1: said maybe, only because there's nobody else out there.
0: Well, the Astros, obviously, in the West are probably going to win division. I'd say the Angels. I, I, would, if, I mean, it looks like Yankees and Red Sox will battle out for the East. Cleveland will run away with the Central. Houston should run away with the West. And then the, if you're looking at wild-card teams, whoever doesn't win the East, Boston and New York... Maybe Minnesota, maybe Seattle, maybe
1: the Angels. And that's... Yeah. So we kept going down. Three games against the White Sox. Three games against the... He went down through it, and we kept going, no, no, not in the playoffs, no. And I said, there's your formula, the old Yankees formula. Beat those teams, split with the Yankees and Cleveland and Houston, you're you're fine. Then the National League,
0: you look at, obviously, you know, the... Cubs and the Cardinals will probably square and the Brewers. The Brewers look good. The Brewers look very good. The Brewers stole one from the Cardinals. Did you see that? It was the first game in Major League history that began with back-to-back home runs, Cardinals, and then ended with back-to-back home runs. Yeah. That was the Brewers of course. I mean, it's amazing. Like All these years of baseball, that's the first time that's ever happened and the Brewers just stunned St. Louis.
1: I n- it's nice to see a team like Milwaukee be good again. Yeah, I mean, you're too old. You're too young to remember when they were good way back. What eighty two when they lost the World Series well, to the Cardinals? But even, no, but I mean before that though, they you know they they were really good for well
0: Milwaukee uh, well, Braves. Yeah. <laughs> you talk about the Milwaukee Braves and they won the World Series in fifty seven, right? Because the Brewers were the Seattle Pilots. No, that's right. Yeah, no, that's right. Pilots had one year in Seattle, and then Bud Selig moved them to <laughs> Milwaukee. 1970. did he own them
1: when they were in Seattle? No,
0: he oh. he bought them and then moved bought them. Yeah. Keep going. You would do a National League. So you said... Yeah, I mean, the Nationals and the Mets are pretty good in the East, but then Philadelphia might be interesting this year, but I don't think they're good enough to make the playoffs. Miami and Atlanta are both terrible. Pittsburgh is 4-0, but they're not supposed to be very good. Milwaukee, Cubs, Cardinals maybe are good. And then the Dodgers are off to a slow start, but obviously they're really good in the West.
1: Arizona's a good team, I think.
0: But after that... There's not much
1: yeah I mean I really the, the I have and the have-nots the whole quality of the in the the large number of have-nots it's yeah and you know we can't you can't specifically blame it it's not a salary cap issue like whatever we said one of the one of the issues for Maddie and I is with revenue sharing why aren't they spending the money yeah spend the money you' supposed sp-
0: there's they're pretty flexible in the way you spend it like they're not you don't have to spend it on players. No, that's what I'm You can saying. spend it on like facilities yeah. and stuff. So I don't know. Yacht for the owner. I don't know. You can't pocket it, but you no. can still. Sp- you don't have to pay players with it necessarily. So, but yeah, this has been the obviously uh, free agency was rough this year for players. Uh, the deal they there's, signed. There's still is. a ton
1: that are still out
0: there. Yeah,
1: there's a few. Um, I think. I think. Um, you know, you get a Greg couple Holland injuries. Finally signed. You get a couple injuries, and you get. You'll have some guys signing and in pro- in whatever, probably. Yeah. I mean, and it's tough.
0: They had that like free Asian spring training camp where like guys who hadn't signed got together and worked out in Arizona just to get in shape and everything. I was
1: shocked. Maddie been, Maddie's been riding me about it how much more money the Red Sox are spending for what I considered a flawed lineup. I mean, it's still a good team. And I, I say they've got as good a chance as the Yankees to win the American League East. But it's a flawed roster, really. And, because so is everybody else's. And they're, how much is it? They're $40 million more than anybody else. Something like that. Well, because, I mean, isn't Price being paid a ton? Well, Price, and, because they've got Hanley and... and uh, Sandoval, Sandoval, they're paying still on the books, twenty five million dollars next two years, twenty five million dollars a year to sit around and eat tacos. Well, he's, he's, he's I saw him anything. in the Giants lineup. Was he playing? Yeah, he's on San Francisco now. Well, I knew he went to San Francisco. Yeah, I, but I didn't saw, think he was
0: playing. I guess. Yeah, I saw him the line the other day. I'm like, oh my goodness, he's playing. Yeah, the Giants are going to be terrible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's it's it's kind of weird and like it's funny because the team I root for, Seattle. It's in a weird spot. Like they're one of the teams. Like they're not gr- they're not great, but they're not terrible either. Yeah, they're so, in like, between. They're gonna be. You know, if they have a couple hot streaks. You never know.
1: Yeah, and
0: I mean they're hey, off to a good start. So. so
1: tell me what you know about the rule. Let's just say they're paying Sandoval twenty five million dollars next two years, but another team signs him. Does that change that at all? No, he, I mean it he used to. Seems to me the it money. used to be. Let's say the next team's paying him ten million. And then you take the you take ten million off from the twenty five for his former team to pay. That's what the rule used to be, I believe. Uh, I'm not, not sure anymore, on the specifics
0: huh? of the finances, but I know they owe him the money that they he, he, they agreed to pay him. So, <laughs> but yeah, he's with the. Let's see how how is he starting the year for San Kansas- Francisco? So far this year, he is one for two at the plate. He's played in two games this year for the Giants. <laughs> so off to a good start. Yeah. Into a double play. Pen 500. One for two. <laughs> but yeah, uh, what, he's had a weird career because, like, you had know that one year when the
1: Giants. Well, during the, the regular season, he doesn't do much. And then his he made his hay in the, it's, post-season. It's in the
0: postseason. Right. Yeah. Three World Series rings. He was there for all of them. 2010, at age 23. 2012, he was an all star. 2014, I think, was the year he, you know, he was okay. 279. 16 home runs, but he was. People thought he was like done, and he like exploded in the playoffs and did really well. And then Boston got him after that, and he uh, 245 in 2015 didn't play in 2016 was 0 for 6. 2017 last year they gave him one more chance, and then they're like, we're done. <laughs>
1: Supposedly he came back in great shape.
0: Remember that one time he was like on his Instagram during the game or something
1: during the game trying to pick yeah. up a couple women. Yeah, that's the thing he's that 30, that might have been.
0: A he's thirty-one. Tip to scales. He's thirty-one years old. I'm thirty. That's the thing that gives us millennials a bad rep is when you're on your Instagram yeah. during the baseball you game. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> or as
1: Belichick calls it, snap face or something. He has some crazy term for it every time he well, comes no, on.
0: Belichick has. Has no idea uh, about
1: something. Well, media. he says that. You think?
0: I think really? he does. I think he knows everything. And so do I. <laughs> I think he says he doesn't know, but he does. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, he's still he's on an active roster in 2018.
1: Unbelievable.
0: Pablo Sandoval, his weight listed at 268 pounds. <laughs> oh. it says here. Wow. And he's still a switch hitter. But I remember that one time uh, he was how batting. How tall is he? Five eleven. <laughs> so wow. Five, that's about my weight. <laughs> I am Kung Fu Panda, uh, but I am not a Major League Baseball player. But (laughs) you know what? I'm not a Major League Baseball player. He is. No, I just wouldn't be paid like a Major League Baseball (laughs) player. Yeah. But, so yeah, the Red Sox are certainly better off, I think, without him. um, But they still have to pay him. But, I mean, the Red Sox have so much money that.
1: It doesn't really matter.
0: There's no salary cap. There's a luxury tax, but there's no salary cap. So Yeah, like, they're
1: into the Yeah.
0: And there are the different stages in the luxury tax. It's just like there's a threshold. I think it's um two hundred million. You go over that, you you owe money. And the Yankees have been dead set on being under that. Yeah,
1: they worked hard to get under it this year. Yeah.
0: Because they're gonna spend so much money on Bryce Harper uh coming up here, I think. And maybe and <laughs> maybe Machado. Uh, they they They're gonna load up again. Yeah the Orioles are at a I don't know how much, spot right now. I don't know
1: now. how much more they can load up. That's right. Can you can you see a lineup with Bryce Hobby hitting seventh? Because where, where, where are they gonna put him? I mean, you know, it's nuts. Yeah, look at the Yankees. Um they're definitely back. What the Yankees should go after his pitching.
0: They haven't won a World Series since uh two thousand nine, but they are looking for one this year. They load it up. For um, sure. But let me look at I was looking at the But lineup.
1: just think they took Stanton on and his gigantic contract. Right. Yeah, the biggest and it ever. didn't even it's not even a blip. They're like fourth or fifth, no, seventh in salary, something like that. It's crazy. Yeah,
0: because they were able to. I mean, they took on the rest of it, but the Marlins, I think, are because uh, it was a trade. I think the Marlins. Are Marlins are paying, is paying, some, paying some, yeah,
1: like ten million, something like
0: that. So, I mean, this is a dangerous team, and I think it'll be good to have both these teams in contention again. I mean, certainly there's. Uh, a lot of interest in both squads. Oh, it makes,
1: it makes the rivalry intense. Yeah. And, and you know, the the threat of always being able to hit a home run that the Yankees have, make the games tense. Yeah, because... Every time there's a couple guys on, you're thinking, oh, my God, a three-run home. I mean,
0: Didi Gregorius hit two home runs yesterday. I know. <laughs>
1: Nobody else yet, he hit two home runs.
0: A little shortstop, Jeter's replacement, powering them to victory over the Rays, despite...
1: Well, I can never say it in front of Maddie. They are so much better off.
0: I'm so frustrated at MLB.com He's got so right
1: much now. better range than, than Jeter had at the end. Oh, for defensive purposes. And he's hitting so much better. You know, yeah. with a little bit of power. And, you know, Jeter was just a great leader. You know, I think the last four or five years, he wasn't as great a player. Certainly. No,
0: it was all reputation. Oh, here we go. I, MLB.com... I have a complaint with them. Like, their recap, there's no obvious place for the box score, but I think I finally found it. I was trying to look for the Yankees' box score. I don't know if it's the same thing I was looking at before. Oh, there it is. <laughs> All right, so the Yankee lineup, Brett Gardner, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Gregorius hitting cleanup, Sanchez hitting fifth, Neil Walker, they got on the cheap because of the free agent market. I don't really know these other guys in their bottom of the lineup that well, but uh, Drury at third base, Brandon Drury. 20, uh, number 29, he's age 25 years old. Off to a decent start. He has a home run this I, year. That isn't who
1: Matty thought was going to play third base. They have so. a top
0: prospect coming up, I think. 13th round pick by the Braves in 2010. So. But so, no, But certainly the middle of the lineup is uh, <laughs> something to yeah. be feared, I think. Judge yesterday, two for three, two runs scored, run bad in, two walks. Hitting second. How about that? And wow, eight runs bad in for Didi. Eight! 18-18, 444 on the year, and the thing is, like, they're good. And Sanchez and Stan are off to kind of slow starts. Yeah. So, oh, I didn't realize Stan was over five with five.
1: No, no, five strikeouts. No,
0: I thought he was over five. No, no, five strikeouts
1: and two of them. That's not good. He was That's- waving at sliders outside <laughs> that were just ludicrous.
0: <laughs> five strikeouts in one game is is is, is um not something you see very. I often.
1: mean, it's one of the worries that you have when you for a, a team. Like in Miami where they sign him to a $300 million contract, guys put so much pressure on themselves to earn it and to not look bad. Well, I think it's the same thing when you come to places like New York and Boston to play. We've talked about this before, even you and I on the air, that you better have some thick skin and you better be ready to, to buck up because the fans expect you to be good, they expect you to play hard, they expect you to earn your keep. And uh, some guys can't handle it. I I tell you, there was a spell. The Red Sox went through shortstops like cheese. Renteria, who was really good for Miami, he came to Boston. He
0: He was was a a good player.
1: He was a shell in Boston. He couldn't hit his weight. Uh, uh, What the heck was his name? Luga? Luga? Uh... At shortstop? Yeah. Mm.
0: Um, What era are we talking about here?
1: Well, in the last... Fifteen years, I guess. Anyway, they went through seriously. They couldn't find a shortstop.
0: Yeah, Renteria only spent one year yeah. in Boston. 2005. five yeah. hit hit two seventy six. But oh, I
1: didn't think I. I said, but I mean, I think he he must have been hot at the end of the year then because he didn't hit yeah. anywhere. He, well, when he, they needed he, him he to... was
0: not an all star, so that means the first part of the season he he struggled and then maybe picked up a little bit after that. He had a he had a nice little career there. Uh, won the World Series. Oh. with that game when he hit his second Miami. Season. Yeah. yeah.
1: Florida Marlins, yeah, but
0: he was great for St. Louis as well. Um, but yeah, one year in Boston. Well, the the biggest one for me that the Red Sox. I mean Carl Crawford. He obviously not a shortstop. Oh but my god, yeah, Carl Crawford. When, I remember watching him when he played for Tampa Bay, he was
1: terrific. Oh yeah, like, he, he was a
0: really good player. And I don't know what happened. Had to pay attention but, to him all the time. But he just collapsed. Like yeah, he came he to could. Boston and couldn't do
1: anything. And he said when he when they got that big trade where they traded all that money to all the players with all the money for. To L.A. That he was miserable in Boston. He didn't have any. He didn't enjoy it. Whatever. Although you know, and he didn't do much in L.A. Either. It, somehow well, his career was. Meh.
0: I mean, what he, he arrived in Boston, coming off two straight All-Star seasons, age 29, and goes from 307 batting average to 255. Goes from 356 OBP to only 289. 289 OBP is terrible. Yes. That's the real number that really stands out about that. Yeah, his power because I mean, they wanted off. to
1: steal bases and stuff. He couldn't even get
0: on. He only stole eighteen. He he stole forty seven bases the previous year. Stole eighteen in Boston his first year, and then only stole five his second year. I I think he was injured a little bit. Went to L A. bounced back a couple seasons, hit three hundred in two thousand fourteen, and then. 265 in 2015, and then 2016 was his last year in baseball. But I think the 300
1: baseball. year, I don't think he had that many at-bats, did he? Does it say? 343 at-bats, so oh. not
0: fewer than the previous season, but sure. more than he had in Boston yeah. his second year um, when he was hurt a lot. That was his last season where he was like a decent contributor, uh, and then his his career was over at age 34, which, you know, I mean, he had a great peak when he was young. He stole 55 bases at age 21. 59 was an all star in 2004 at age 22. 46 stolen bases in 2005. He led the league in steals four out of five years from 2003 to 2007. And then was still he 2007, 2009. He, he stole 60 bases but did not lead the league in steals. I wonder who did. That's <laughs> wow. That's that's crazy. 2009, because like on baseball reference, they bowled it yeah. when you lead the league. And he, he stole 60. That was the most ever for him. And he was an all-star, but he did not lead the league. Ah, I want to find that. 2009 stolen base leaders. But, yeah, Carl Crawford definitely couldn't really handle it here uh, in Boston and New England area. And then L.A., he was old by that point for baseball. <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll come back. More sports talk in a bit. Aaron Morse, Coach Dave Wing here on the B-List Daily on SportsTime 780 and Sure.
2: When it comes to sports teams in New England... Now there's a new winning team to add to the list. Spectrum Orthopedics, an all-star roster of orthopedic experts delivering top care right here in your backyard. Spectrum Orthopedics is made up of three of the area's top orthopedic practices: OA Centers for Orthopedics, Central Maine Orthopedics, and Falmouth Orthopedic Center. Spectrum Orthopedics makes it easier for physicians, surgeons, sports medicine specialists, and clinical staff to share resources and work as one, making patient care efficient and more affordable. To learn more about Spectrum Orthopedics and connect with a provider in your area, visit spectrumhcp.com forward ortho.
3: We believe in better. A better way to invest, a better way to serve you, and a better result.
4: At Frisbee and Associates, we can help you determine how much risk you're taking, red flags that could be potential problems for you, how much you're paying in fees and commissions, potential tax liability, and how to address social security.
3: For your free consultation, call Kevin Frisbee at 241-7430. Frisbee and Associates is located in Rumford, Brewer, and in Lewiston at 656 Main Street. Call 241-7430 online at frisbeebenefits.com. All aboard,
5: MBR.org! The place to get all your high school and amateur sports news and information. MBR.org is in high gear with Maine High School Winter Sports. Go to MBR.org to chat about your favorite team. Find the latest articles, travel news, and cancellations. Or visit their all-new and very popular team pages. MBR.org has everything you want to know about high school and amateur sports in Maine. Coming in February, all the high school tournament action at your fingertips 24-7. It's high school sports heaven. All aboard, MBR. We
6: Did you ever look at the stains in your coffee cup and then realize that's exactly what happens to your teeth? Paraswabs is the five-minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr to Martin Ginniger, that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes and you're done. To try Paraswab's risk-free, call 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969.
7: El IRS ha contratado agencias privadas para comenzar a cobrar impuestos pendientes. Ya pueden embargar su salario e imponer gravámenes a su propiedad. Si se está ahogando en deudas de impuestos, prepárese para una línea directa de ayuda. Civic Tax puede protegerlo de las agencias de cobro del IRS. Detenga las tarifas adicionales y embargos salariales. Libérese del IRS. Llame ahora a Civic Tax Relief para obtener información gratis. Usted podría calificar para el programa Fresh Start, que ahora está disponible a través de Civic Tax Relief. Podría ahorrar mil. Si le perdonan sus impuestos La línea directa especial para ayuda con los impuestos de Civic Tax Relief Puede ayudarle a descubrir todos los programas de ayuda Usted califica gratis Solo tiene que llamar al 800-583-1931 800-583-1931 No espere, la consulta es gratis La información es gratis Esta llamada podría ahorrarle miles Llame ahora al 800-583-1931 800-583-1931 800-583-1931
8: If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. Call Wall Associates now and pay less than you owe. 800 727 0433. That's 800 727 0433.
9: See something? Smell something? Do something. When your basement or crawl space smells, don't ignore it. Odors, mold, and harmful pollutants come from too much moisture and not enough air circulation, making your home unhealthy. Do something. Call Wave Home Solutions today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. Experts recommend ventilation instead of dehumidifiers to reduce moisture and expel harmful gases and pollutants. Wave moisture control units continuously dry out your home, transforming it into a fresher, healthier environment year-round. Wave units cost only pennies a day to operate, and there are no buckets too empty. Call WAVE today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. That's goodairusa.com or call 1-888-980-WAVE. Wave
10: Home Solutions for a healthy, comfortable home.
0: I should have known. Jacoby Ellsbury had the stolen base lead that year. <laughs> Red Sox player. That'd be, that'd be good to remember that. Right, over Carl Crawford there that season when Ellsbury stole 70 bases in 2009. Everyone thought he was going to be a superstar. He was for a few years, but ever since that amazing year in 2011, it's kind of been on the decline a little bit for him. Certainly injuries have been a big part in his issues. Uh, Aaron Morris alongside Coach. Dave Wing here on the B-List Daily. I'm filling in for Maddie B on this Wednesday. Coming up at 11 a.m., we will have Sarah Sevian from Bruins Daily on the phone with us to talk some Boston Bruins. And then at 11.30, we'll have Trevor Heffel, assistant men's lacrosse coach at Bates College. St. Dom's alum in studio to talk about tonight's big game. Bates Bowden at Garcelon Field in men's lacrosse seven o'clock here this evening should be a lot of fun despite a little rain we have going on outside which has forced uh, some other spring sports at Bates to refigure <laughs> their schedules a little bit but we're working through it so
1: yeah you know lacrosse it certainly is certainly uh, much better on turf when it's raining but, yeah the uh, cross itself gets a little stretched out a little bit um, mm. when it's wet and the ball tends to sail on you a little bit. But uh, that's one of the things maybe we can talk to Trevor about. Yeah, we'll um,
0: see what adjustments they have to make with those conditions. But they, I
1: think they do have to make some adjustments. I, you know, you got to tighten up the what they call the shooting string. And when I coach lacrosse, I said to the seniors, you got to teach the young kids how to do that because I have no idea how to do it. But that <laughs> <laughs> wasn't a lacrosse player. No. <laughs> well, it's certainly a sport that
0: we've talked about before, uh, Is very entertaining, certainly to oh, watch. Oh, it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. And. You know, I think it requires a lot of resources to be able to play, but I think, I mean, it's certainly, I think, on the rise in in this country. And a lot of people, once they get a chance to watch it, they're, they really like it. So. Well,
1: we found that Oak Hill, and Oak Hill is one of the longest, Oak Hill and Cape Elizabeth are the two longest public schools to have lacrosse in Maine. And my first year as principal, we had already had lacrosse. I went to Oak Hill in 85, they already had lacrosse. Yeah. So then on a latecomer, they, they started right off. When you talked about a Bates so alum, Jay, Jay Tavaro was the was the coach that got it started uh-huh. and uh yeah, yeah, Gene McCabe. He right. was a he was a Batesy and he was hurt, couldn't play his senior year and uh Gusabank, the assistant principal AD said, "Hey, how'd you like to do some coaching because we we've got a good program and we don't have anybody." Um uh, and he said, "Yep." So he worked it out with his coach that he was going to be gone and uh, he came to Oak Hill and that spring coach lacrosse the next year we actually hired him as a social studies teacher and uh, and actually was the head football and lacrosse coach he coached fall and spring and did a tremendous job went to Hamilton you know it's a small world you ready for this my cousin John Hayes mm-hmm. was doing an he's from Farmington and so was Gene. Gene McCabe went to Mount Blue. They were best friends in high school. And uh, <clears throat> actually, John went to Bates for a couple of years and then transferred back to Farmington. I don't think he could afford the, the cost at Bates. But anyway, he did an internship in Hamilton. Yeah. And they had a lacrosse opening. And they said... Um, who the heck are we going to hire? That you know, blah blah blah. John Hay said, "I I got a guy. Yeah, so I can do lacrosse." And so uh, he uh, he had been at uh, I think he started out at Jefferson and Lee as a is it Jefferson and Lee Washington and Lee? Well, he's like, at Washington and Lee now. Okay, he and he, he has them at fifteenth in the country. He was at Washington and Lee yeah. as an assistant. And he wanted to be a head coach, and John was at Hamilton. John said, I know a guy, hire this guy, and they did. He was the Division Three Coach of the Year when he was at Hamilton, National Coach of the Year. And then uh, after he'd been there, did it say how long he was at Hamilton? Oh, no, I'm looking at the rankings right now. Oh, okay, not, anyway, I was going to say yeah. four or five years, but he had Hamilton right at the top. And then he got a chance to go back to, to Washington Lee as the head coach. And uh, again, has had them. I looked up their record one time the other day, and because his wife uh, used to babysit for my kids all the time, yeah. So it's kind of a small, small world. Matter of fact, I've told the story. I think I told it that day on the air. That the uh, that your lacrosse coach, head lacrosse coach, right. was in. That Gene uh, sat on. They got a big coaches get together. You know, the local coaches, and and I don't have a date, and I go, hey. I wrote down a yeah, top yeah, yeah, one yeah, number, yeah, 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 and it was his, his future <laughs> wife. Anyway, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But uh, what were we talking about before? Though I got sidetracked. I was going to say he's got the Washington lead on a
0: roll, though. Um, well, just uh, the weather conditions tonight. Uh, it should be interesting. You know, Bates and Bowden Men's Lacrosse, and Baseball should be home tomorrow against Plymouth State over there, but it, we're still trying
1: to... Well, I think the weather tomorrow, as far as the weather's concerned, mm-hmm. is going to be a little better, and then Friday's going to be bad again. It's going to be on and off this whole weekend, but it's going to be cold. And Friday's base is supposed to host host Colby on Friday, so, in
0: baseball, so we'll see. It's, <laughs> it's
1: uh, you know, this is that time of year, I'm telling you, that just... We used to say, don't even plan. I don't care if there is any snow. Don't even plan. Look. By the way, look at outside. I see it. Maddie and I were talking the other day, you know, because it, it's crappy weather right now, but there was snow everywhere. Still big piles on the yeah. sidewalk. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> we used to say to the coaches, and I was certainly one of the spring coaches, just relax. It'll be gone. It, it's it, Amazing, but somehow the snow goes. So, well, looking at the
0: Celtics a little bit right now, fifty-three and twenty-four, two games back of Toronto. In the Boy, Eastern talk about—I don't know
1: who's worse, Celtics or the Bruins—as far as injuries, unbelievable.
0: Well, what are your thoughts on the Celtics and their chances right now in the East, based on the fact? Well, you know,
1: I think if Kyrie and Smart come back and everybody else is healthy, you know, they'll juggle the lineup a little bit. Uh, I think Rozier has been fantastic, although he was out last night. They brought a guy up from the G League to play point guard. That's how depth-wise. And uh, I think if they've got everybody back healthy, I think that uh, there isn't a question. I think it's it's Toronto, them, and Cleveland. And I still say that when it's all said and done, Toronto will fold in the playoffs. They have had a record of it. And I think it's, I think it's uh, the Celtics and Cleveland for the Eastern Conference. Now, we all know that it somewhat depends on who you play in those early rounds. You could get knocked off. If, if you draw Washington, for instance, they've been without their big star for several weeks, and they've played better. And you know how what that does. It solidifies the team, and then when your star comes back, they everybody's brought their level up and they all play better.
0: The question is, whoever emerges from the East.
1: Yeah, so they could be a tough draw.
0: Can anyone take out Houston or Golden State? Well,
1: it's interesting. I surprisingly, I fear Houston less than Golden State. Okay. The last time the Celtics played Houston, the two times ago they beat him. Remember at home, that's when they Harden had the two offensive fouls at the end because he lost his temper. <laughs> And it gave the C's the just enough. Then the last time they played, and that was without Kyrie, the Celtics lost right at the end because they had a couple of turnovers that, nah, eh, you, could, you could debate whether or not there was a foul involved or not. And Houston got a the ball, and then there was a foul, and they got the two foul shots, and anyway, they won by one or two. I think it could have gone the other way. And then Houston was at full strength, ready to go. And it was in Houston. So I... You know, I think the they try to make it to there first. I, I I'm not sure that, that Cleveland's what people think they are, but I, as much as I don't like him, as long as you get LeBron James, you probably have a shot. Yeah,
0: Every, yeah you have LeBron, you have a
1: shot, certainly. You, you got a shot. <laughs> and uh, if Well, and with Kevin Love shows how invaluable he is to that team, whether they like him as a person or not. They count on him when they dish it out to the corner for him hitting those threes, and he's been unbelievable so there's only a we'll see only a, yeah a week left yeah in the this NBA is it. season yeah. yeah so um at Toronto and tonight. I I think both those teams I think the 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 Celtics and the Bruins have the Celtics have played so I mean the Bruins have played so great all year with all those injuries and yet you face a hot goaltender and you could get knocked out in the first oh round. right yeah And I would rather, usually, I'm not sure it makes that much difference whether or not you uh, finish first or whatever. But I think in this particular case, if they're second and have to do, because the the NHL playoff structure is the most ridiculous thing ever. (laughs) But if they, you don't get rewarded for being second. They're going to play number three. Hello? Instead (laughs) of playing number seven.
0: They're tied with Tampa Bay right now for points. Yeah.
1: So, and but they got a game in hand. So, um, technically, they probably should win it if they play well enough. You know, if they win two out of the next three, they probably win it. A finish first, anyway. Anyway, I think having to play Toronto in the first round, even if you get by them, those tough series on the way, leading up to the conference final and that's not the conference final by the way that and then you got to go and play the winner of the metropolitan for the conference final mm. but uh and then to have to play tampa i think if they're first and they could play florida or somebody like that versus toronto let toronto and tampa beat on each other and then play the winner of that maybe so a lot of it has to do with that um I think they, I think they got a great shot. I, I think they're a little young. If Rash could play the way that he has at times, man, they're as good as anybody. They really are.
0: NHL is interesting this year because that expansion team out in Vegas. I know. What are the chances it's of that? Killing it. They're fifty-one and twenty-two. <laughs> he's, he's
1: probably going to be the the coach of the year, and it's too bad because really Cassidy's the coach of the year. When you look at how many injuries they've had, but how can you? How can you not take in a bunch of nobodies and with an expansion team and, and having them in first place? I mean, it's unheard of. Did you see the clip the other day, the Blackhawks game, where
0: they had the um, accountant uh, yes. fill in as the emergency goalkeeper? I did not know about that rule until there,
1: I... There's a rule all over hockey. Let, let's Let's do the youth hockey rule first. <laughs> if you're having a tournament... USA hockey rules say as the, let's say you're the director of the tournament as the director of the tournament, you must have available an emergency goaltender for both teams. And I have a perfect example. We were playing in the state tournament, uh, in a, in Bangor and we were playing a team from Lewiston. We, we were pretty good. No matter of fact, we won the state championship. We, we had a pretty decent team. And, lewison had a good team except they didn't have a their goalie wasn't very good well lo and behold the day we play him he's sick mm. so the bangor goalie is the emergency goalie and he is tr- he is outstanding <laughs> they they were not in the they weren't in the tournament yeah and suddenly we're playing the best goalie around and we squeaked out a two- to- one win but so, anyway, you have to have an emergency goaltender. Now, what the NHL rule says is you can have an, uh, an emergency goaltender in the building and he could be signed to a, um, a voluntary contract for one game. Now, they can do it 20 times if they had to. Voluntary? In, in, in the event, yeah, he doesn't, well, in other words, he doesn't get paid. He, do, he does not get paid. He does not get paid. Oh. this is this is just his ego that's out I there. I thought that guy got paid. I don't. I don't believe so. Oh, uh, probably got like five hundred bucks or something. You no, know, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that he didn't get that under the table. But I don't. I don't think that's the way the rule reads. Huh. I, I might have to look it up. But get free admission to the game. At least. Actually, we probably can ask our uh, Bruins insider yeah, but if, it, if they got paid or, if they get paid or not. But yeah. anyway, and uh, <coughs> they he has to be available and. Uh, so he was there. He was available. The two goalies, one was a little dinged up anyway. And when they brought him in after the first goalie got hurt, he couldn't continue. Boom. The guy comes out of the stands. He stops all seven shots. Yep. He he played great. And, of course, talk about in the beer league. He's a hero now, baby. Yeah, I, know, right? I tell you what, <laughs> everybody's clapping him on the back. And, yeah. In his hometown, he's some stud out there right now. So say forever playing in the NHL. Yeah, really. I mean, just think about it. Get a chance to get on the ice with the Blackhawks, no less. Now they're not very good this year. No, they're not. Well, what <laughs> happened is it happens in all the leagues. You know, you have these, you have always the stars, and if they're staying with you, which the Blackhawks three or four stars are, well, other people start to want money. Well, you can't pay them. You don't have enough money under the salary cap, so you let people go. Yeah, suddenly. Those three stars are trying to play with a bunch of you and I. You know, and it just doesn't work. <laughs> right. In, in those in that league, where there's a salary cap, you have to count on making good choices about your young guys. Coach them up to be productive while you're still not paying them anything, and then turn them over and start with another young guy. I mean, I, I always go back to the Patriots. It's what they do the best. People say check this, check that. See what he just did? He let, he gave up a first-round pick, which was the last pick in the draft, to get, uh, what's his name from New Orleans, the receiver. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, they just traded him yesterday. Oh, Cooks. Cooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a decent year for them, not a great year. They traded the Rams. Right? Yeah, he doesn't. He de- interesting enough. He's a speed receiver who doesn't run great patterns. No, yeah. He takes too long to get open, and that's not what the Patriots do well. Anyway. So they trade him, and they get back the Rams' first-round choice, which is seven picks higher. So they used him for a year and get a better pick in this year's draft and moving on. Right. So they used him. They got a lot out of him. He made he, he, he had uh, 65 catches for over 1,000 yards, and they get a higher pick when they let him go. That's what Belichick does. He turns guys over. He concentrates on those ancillary guys who can really help your club. And they found the guy. They find the guys. Maddie and I were talking about yesterday. They, they made it. I think to the two thousand. I want to say eight or nine uh, AFC championship game with Rashad Caldwell being their best receiver, which mm-hmm. is freaking scary. <laughs> right. When was the last time you heard Rishay Caldwell's name ever mentioned in the NFL? Yeah, he was terrible, but they found a way because all the stuff around it worked. But anyway, so I think both you—you you asked the question about the Celtics. I think I think they got as good a shot as anybody, uh, and they could get knocked out. I—I I think both Maddie and I have agreed that this is a this is a bonus year for the Celtics. I think that we thought they were going to be decent with Haywood. You didn't know about the about Tatum and Brown, how they developed. What's ended up happening is they've been able to develop because Haywood wasn't there. So anything they do this year is really gravy. Yeah, very impressive. And, uh, I mean, I hate to give away a year and then say wait till next year. <laughs> the Red Sox did that for 40 years. but <laughs> More
0: than 40. Yeah, more than 40. I was trying to be kind. Yeah. <laughs> It was a while, but they've gotten their World Series since then, certainly. So, <laughs> We'll take another break. When we come back, we should have Sarah Stevian from Bruins Daily on the phone talk more Boston Bruins, give her, give us her inside perspective. Uh, Tim Rosenthal not feeling so well today, so Sarah filling in also there from Bruins Daily. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Sports Time 780, the B-List Daily. Aaron Morris filling in for Matty B on this Wednesday. Back in a moment.
2: There's a winning culture when it comes to sports teams in New England. now there's a new winning team to add to the list spectrum orthopedics an all-star roster of orthopedic experts delivering top care right here in your backyard spectrum orthopedics is made up of three of the area's top orthopedic practices oa centers for orthopedics central Maine orthopedics and falmouth orthopedic center Spectrum Orthopedics makes it easier for physicians, surgeons, sports medicine specialists, and clinical staff to share resources and work as one, making patient care efficient and more affordable. To learn more about Spectrum Orthopedics and connect with a provider in your area, visit spectrumhcp.com forward ortho.
3: We believe in better. A better way to invest, a better way to serve you, and a better result.
4: At Frisbee & Associates, we can help you determine how much risk you're taking, red flags that could be potential problems for you, how much you're paying in fees and commissions, potential tax liability, and how to address social security.
3: For your free consultation, call Kevin Frisbee at 241-7430. Frisbee & Associates is located in Rumford, Brewer, and in Lewiston at 656 Main Street. Call 241-7430 online at frisbeebenefits.com. All aboard,
5: MBR.org! The place to get all your high school and amateur sports news and information. MBR.org is in high gear with Maine High School Winter Sports. Go to MBR.org to chat about your favorite team. Find the latest articles, travel news, and cancellations. Or visit their all-new and very popular team pages. MBR.org has everything you want to know about high school and amateur sports in Maine. Coming in February, all the high school tournament action at your fingertips 24-7. It's high school sports heaven. All aboard, MBR. VR.org. Did you ever look at
6: the stains in your coffee cup and then realize that's exactly what happens to your teeth? Paraswabs is the five-minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr. To Martin Ginniker, that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes and you're done. To try ParaSwabs risk-free, call 1-800-679-0969. That's one I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. One That's one
7: El IRS ha contratado agencias privadas para comenzar a cobrar impuestos pendientes. Ya pueden embargar su salario e imponer gravámenes a su propiedad. Si se está ahogando en deudas de impuestos, prepárese para una línea directa de ayuda. Civic Tax puede protegerlo de las agencias de cobro del IRS. Detenga las tarifas adicionales y embargos salariales. Libérese del IRS. Llame ahora a Civic Tax Relief para obtener información gratis. Usted podría calificar para el programa Fresh Start que ahora está disponible a través de Civic Tax Relief. Podría ahorrar miles si le perdonan sus impuestos. La línea directa especial para ayuda con los impuestos de Civic Tax Relief puede ayudarle a descubrir todos los programas de ayuda. Usted califica gratis. Solo tiene que llamar al 800 583 1931 80-583-1931. No espere. La consulta es gratis. La información es gratis. Esta llamada podría ahorrarle miles. Llame ahora al 80 583 583 1931
8: If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. Call wallen Associates now and pay less than you owe. 807 That's eight hundred seven two seven zero four three Three,
9: see something, smell something, do something. When your basement or crawl space smells, don't ignore it. Odors, mold, and harmful pollutants come from too much moisture and not enough air circulation, making your home unhealthy. Do something. Call Wave Home Solutions today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. Experts recommend ventilation instead of dehumidifiers to reduce moisture and expel harmful gases and pollutants. Wave Moisture Control Units continuously dry out your home, transforming it into a fresher, healthier environment year-round. Wave Units cost only pennies a day to operate, and there are no buckets too empty. Call Wave today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. That's goodairusa.com or call 1-888-980-WAVE.
10: Wave Home Solutions Be comfortable home.
0: Hey, it's the B-List Daily Sports Time, seven eighty online sportstimemaine.com. Aaron Morris alongside Coach Dave Wing, hoping it's, Sarah Stevian calls in. It's
1: always it's always a thrill when the two of us are together. We first <laughs> well people, normally I get calls, first people I'm not call expected. them yeah we don't yeah. expect them. They, I, that's what I was gonna say. The <laughs> phone rings and we look at each other thinking, "Who's that?" <laughs> right. Yeah. And then sometimes we get the ones who we think are gonna call in and they're not calling in. Not so
0: yeah. Not yet. So, we, so uh, uh, we've
1: we done a good job talking Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. NBA, NBA, uh, a little bit of Bruins. Um, the extent of my Bruins knowledge, to be quite I, I did say a little bit of Bruins. Like yeah. I, said, yeah. <laughs> I didn't
0: know there was a division called the Metropolitan Division. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah.
1: See, in the way that they do it, normally what you do is you seed one through eight. Yeah. One plays eight, like every tournament ever known. Not in the NHL. No. In the NHL, it's one through four in each of the four divisions. So my complaint is if you end up really any of the places in the one, two, one and two, especially, but one, two, and three, you don't get to play the six, seven, eight. If you're the Bruins and you finish second this year in your division, you play the number three right off. There's no preliminary thing to kind of get your feet under you and get guys back from being injured and all that stuff. It's bang right in it. Now, you could make the case that the number three in this division isn't very good compared to the number three in the other division. or what I am, yeah, well, I'll go get over it. <laughs> you know, not, I mean, it's still, you not. I don't think you're rewarded typically if you have to play number three versus two playing seven. Another event we have coming up, this week, the Masters. Do you watch golf at all? I'm not, watch, a, golf not a golf guy. Um, you know, I was thinking this morning, they, they were saying uh, Rory McAvoy is going for, uh, what do they call the Grand Slam or something? Oh, his career Masters. Grand Slam, yeah, yeah.
0: He needs to win the Masters in order to have won all four major tournaments. And they
1: and they listed who had done it. Nicholas, Palmer, uh, Sarazen. I think there were four people. Has what... Tiger's done it, hasn't he? Hasn't yeah, Tiger? I, said, I said Woods first. Oh, Woods. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I hear I, I think Tiger. yeah, I know nobody calls him Woods. Who's Woods, um,
10: <laughs>
1: right? But it's interesting, it's you know. My dad uh, didn't. He kind of liked watching golf on TV. Not me. I'd rather be out doing something. But I watched a few events with him, and he was a Palmer guy. Mm. So I became a Palmer guy. I mean, it's what you do as a kid. That's what your dad likes you. Kind of take it on. Now, if it's a sport you really like, you've already dug into it and you know who you like. Well, it wasn't that important to me, so I was an Arnie guy. So you didn't want Nicholas to win. Right. And I was thinking, as I was looking at his name down there, of how I've downplayed for so long how great he is and was. mean, majors ever. He's the best. And I kind of always didn't cheer for him and didn't pull for him and... So I've always kind of put him off to the side. And, yeah, 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 Jack Nicklaus. God, he was great. is yeah. only 28 years old. Yeah. And
0: he had a chance, and I'm looking at the article here. Gene Saracen did it. You mentioned him, I think. Ben Hogan, Gary Player, okay. Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods. Arnold yeah. Palmer did not do it.
1: So oh, Palmer. I thought they had Palmer listed. No, no. Palmer Sorry. never
0: did it. Tom Watson never did it. Lee Trevino, Sam Snead, Byron Nelson. None wow. of them. None of those guys. Phil Mickelson still needs to win the U.S. Open. He could do it. Jordan Spieth needs to do uh, win the PGA Championship. So those are guys who are close, but not quite there yet.
1: The uh, my my problem with Rory McIlroy is he was going out with now it's none of our business, of course. <laughs> he was going out with Caroline Wozniaki. the tennis player, right? Tennis player, good uh-huh. one. And he he broke up with her over Twitter, over Twitter. Well, I don't know. Direct on, message? Online or tweeted? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know if he tweeted or if it was a text. Uh, maybe a text. Okay, yeah. Instead of face to face. Right. I I'm sorry. I'm not going to pull for him. So I take you don't pull for Tiger it, Woods until it, he was a serial Oh, absolutely, no, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. And now, did you see the newest one? His new girlfriend has filed a claim that not only did he cheat on her, there's some sort of a nondisclosure, which happens to be the thing these days. And she's saying, I'm not going to be quiet while he's cheating on me and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. But no, I I kind of lost faith in who he is and what he's supposed to be. And I, I mean, I'm not and I'm not, you know me, I've never pretended, nor am I ever going to say that I was ever perfect or even close to it. But I just don't like stuff like that. Well, Tiger obviously. There's a lot of sympathy
0: for him because of all the injuries he's gone through. Yeah, I, I have none. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not gonna actually, lie. He's one of the favorites to win the Masters. Oh yeah, I so think he. I think he could. He's been playing very well. Very interesting. I mean, but Bubba Watson, Roy McIlroy, Justin Rose, uh, Jordan Spieth, of course, Justin Thomas. So all sorts of guys who could emerge there. Uh, do you do you ever watch it on Sundays? I, I don't watch golf on, like, Thursday and Friday, like, the opening rounds. Like, who cares? But if it's Sunday and it's late, I might I might have free time.
1: <laughs> I'm going to say no. Yeah. Um, first Please. of all, I'm not sure I'd be sitting there watching. Now, if the Bruins are on, eh, maybe. Even baseball, I, I'm not sure that I'd. Watch it on Sunday afternoon, maybe. But. Baseball? Oh. Well, I, I mean, I I, I, I probably would. The, the, the issue that always comes up in baseball is 162 games. That is another game I can watch later on. Yeah. Now, if my wife and I are sitting there, probably not. She's not going to watch golf. Well, no, 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 yeah. no. All kidding aside. <laughs> Are you saying Christina would have to be gone for you to be watching golf on a Sunday?
0: I don't think she would want to watch golf. No. Uh,
1: <laughs> and my wife would say, if you turn on baseball, you realize I'm going to be asleep in about ten minutes. And I said, yes, I
0: understand that, dear. Christina like basketball because the shoes squeak all the time. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that noise. Is... Well, and
1: the tennis with all the grunting. Well, and, no, and, yeah, I don't watch
0: tennis. Yeah. Uh, some, I mean, again, guess no, I, w-
1: I, might watch tennis if it's like Wimbledon. I got to be and honest Final. with you. Yeah, yeah, I would like a big tournament yeah. and. It's interesting. I like to watch the women. The men's is all. Can I hit it hot enough? My serve by you, and then right. That's it. A little more finesse, Nobody, a little more yeah. strategy. And the women's, it's yeah. There's a little bit more ball striking. You know, the way that they maneuver the court, and I don't know. Well,
0: and Serena Williams, obviously. The oh boy, greatest women's tennis player probably ever uh, has been the. I mean, she's been in. She started like professionally at like age 16, so she's been around for a long time, <laughs> and she uh, has obviously uh, emerged as, as one of the best ever. How, let's see. Serena is now She's still only 36, <laughs> but it seems like she's been around forever. She's how old? 36 years old. That's it. I didn't
1: think Serena or Venus? I didn't think Serena's, Serena was that old.
0: Oh, you thought she was younger? Yeah. Uh, well, it says here 36, and then Venus, I think, is two years older than her, so I think Venus is uh, yes. 38. and
1: so, yeah, she physically uh she is just so athletic. Right. And uh I think there are other people that have maybe better strokes, uh better serves, better whatever, but she is just so athletic that uh when she hits the ball there's so much power. Uh you know, for a while I thought that Sharapova, I mean, Sharapova 6-1 I mean, think about that. Yeah, she kind and, of ruined her, her. Well, yeah, you know the the whole thing with the the uh, PED. Yeah, and PEDs. Whatever. Yeah, but uh, you know, somebody tall and lanky like Venus, their reach is incredible, and the the angle that they can get with their serve and all those things. And I I thought Sharapova might be, I mean, she's a superstar financially. Sure. Uh, with her ads and everything else, but I thought that she might be really something. And she's my
0: age. She's 30.
1: But but uh, but, but it's, it's, well, maybe when if uh, Serena retires. But uh, but even still, you know, for most athletes in tennis anyway, 30, 31, they, boy, they go downhill pretty quickly after that. I mean, true. look at Sampras and Connors, all those guys. After 31, 32, boom. Drop your voice. Looking at
0: most Grand Slam tournament single titles, Serena is second all time, twenty three. She patched Steffi Graf recently. Margaret Court won twenty four back in the day. She won eleven Australian Open titles.
1: Well, one of the things that happened back when Margaret Court was playing is America hadn't really gotten I mean I wouldn't say we weren't into it, but we weren't into it like we are now. They weren't the Right the training academies and the places to play. It was a rich person sport. Yeah. You know, and now it's become an anybody sport, which is how Serena and her sister got started. I mean, you, you come from Compton. I wouldn't call you rich, at least not at those at that stage when they started. Well, their father was very uh, involved, I
0: think. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you think? Absolutely. Yeah, uh, almost too much. It's one of those situations where it's like kind of awkward because like he was so yeah. into it. Um, let's see. Yeah, she, early life. Born in Michigan, it says,
1: and then they moved to Compton. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah. They started playing tennis at the age of three. Wow.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of those really big superstars, you know they they get started early. They have that. They had the. They just can do it, you know. I mean, I, I've used my kids as an example. I not that they were in that level. I, I didn't ever mean to hint that, but I I was never a skater. I played basketball. My mm-hmm. dad was a great hockey player. Uh, my wife's a, you know, figure skate, but not a figure skater. You know, she used figure skates, but not a great skater. And so, all of a sudden, my my uh, son, he's he's three, comes home from daycare, and he said, "I'd like to try ice hockey." The other guys are going to do it. Well, we said, "Well, if you want to, if you want to try it." So we bought a cheap pair of skates, you know, just something for him to... Matter of fact, I think they had a strap that went across that was Velcro. I mean, they, they weren't anything special. Put him on the ice thinking, okay, we're going to have to go along and hold them and whatever. Boom. He could skate the first thing. <laughs> we looked at each other and said, boom, he can skate. We, we kind of looked at each other saying, how? We, we right. I n- never said anything, you know. <laughs> and... um so anyway, his buddy said, hey, we're going to do the Adams program, which is the, some people call it mini mites, Other, you know, anyway, learn to skate. So we bought him a little better pair of skates and uh, put him on the ice. And so he got off the ice one, one it was on Sunday in in Augusta. We one Sunday, got off and the guy that was running the program, Charlie Hutchinson, his name is, his son, Joe, is the Levitt coach. Mm-hmm. Came to us and said, uh, I'm Charlie Hutchinson, and yeah, we knew who he was. And he said, look, you guys are both coaches, aren't you? And we said, well, used to be, <laughs> not not anymore. I, I, I was the principal at Oak Hill by then. And uh, anyway, make a long story short, he said, you know, we really need people like yourselves to get involved. And I go, you wouldn't say that if you'd seen me skate, Charlie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he said, come on, you can do this, you know. So, honest to God, you know, Bauer, CCM, I mean, there's some really good vapor. They got fantastic skates because they're wicked expensive. I went to Sears, bought a $40 pair of skates. I don't know when
0: Sears was a thing. You know. <laughs> and, uh,
1: and got on on the ice because my feet were frozen because they, they weren't very well made. And <laughs> same with Chris. she got an old pair of skates out, had him shopping. So, we got on on the ice to help out. And uh, anyway, make a long story short, before it was over, we did Adams for the beginning, Linda's Skate. Chris and I did it because Charlie got done. Yeah. For 10 years. Even though our kids moved beyond it a long time ago, we just, we kept doing it. <laughs> and coached mites, squirts, peewees, band, you know, we every every group, they go every two years. Every two years they move up to a new division. We moved with them. And uh, coached every, I, I coached every level and so did Chris. She, she moved to the girls eventually when Aaron, Aaron played, uh, with the boys up through squirts, and then she moved to the girls' team when she was. Uh, I love the
0: names they have. For, uh, yeah, I know. I don't know why. <laughs> Where they come up with those?
1: Yeah, I know, and because uh, midgets, are, I don't know. Midgets is the oldest, right? And uh, but anyway, yeah, you just you kind of get started on something, and uh, I some people take to it. Some people now. My daughter actually, she's the one that played in college. She didn't actually take to it. She, they had a skate aid. It's like a walker. Yeah. When it slides along the ice, she pushed that around for a, a whole year.
0: I would need that.
1: And I kept thinking, wow, well, it's too bad. She, you know, she really like would like to play, but she's not going to be able to skate like her brother. Huh, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> she eventually did away with that and learned how to skate very well. So, she would say she can't skate as well as him, but she's not bad. And uh, so you've coached almost every sport. I know, isn't that incredible?
0: I, th- I assume football is your favorite. Yes. What's what be what we had name number two? Your second favorite sport to coach? What would it be?
1: Uh, for co- for me to coach coaching from a coaching for me perspective. To coach me Yeah. Um, I think ice hockey. Yeah, it is hockey. Yeah. Mm. I I like baseball. Except I've I've laughed with Maddie. It's interesting. I like. It's crazy. This time, I like the inside coaching of baseball when you're actually coaching bunt coverage, cutoffs and relays, pickoffs, uh, yeah. getting a lead, sliding, all that stuff, It's you're teaching. Right. Once we get outside, I honest to God, I used to lose my interest a little bit. <laughs> Even though I was the head coach at, I was an assistant at Bangor, the head coach at Brewer, and the head coach at Skowhegan. Mm. And then, like I say, I came late to lacrosse. The AD came to me and he said, look, we I need a... I got a brand new lacrosse coach. Yeah. I need a veteran who can kind of move him through how this all works and whatever. And I said, you, you realize what I know about lacrosse is I stayed at Holiday Inn Express. I mean, I <laughs> he laughed. He said, yeah, but you're a coach. I said, well, I will, I will be okay with that moniker, but I'm not a lacrosse coach. Yeah. So he had some videos, and I went online, and I got the basics. Well, the guy that we hired— is a is a great lacrosse coach. Right. I mean, I learned more in 20 minutes with him than I would have ever learned anywhere else. I mean, the guy was fantastic. And uh, so I was his JV coach, and then he moved on, and I took over as head coach. So, yeah, I, I coached lacrosse. I actually coached basketball for just a little bit. When I was an AD at Scott Week, and we didn't have a freshman coach. And so I coached him for two weeks until the freshman coach... Uh, he was working another job in another town, and he needed to give a two-weeks notice. And And I did cheering. A, you coached cheer. Same thing, for a couple of How weeks. How do you
0: coach cheer? What's the Cheerleading? Approach
1: there? Yeah, well, I stood back a lot. stood back, and, yeah. Let them yeah. do their thing. But, um, <laughs> so I did that. I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, I coached youth soccer. Youth soccer. When the kids were little, they, they didn't have anybody to coach soccer, so my wife and I took a team. That was a good for us because we realized... Two type A personalities <laughs> coaching together, not well, happening, number one. And number two, we get in the car, the kids can't complain about the coach because we're both coaches, so we realize that didn't work. We, <laughs> one of us needs to be the coach, and my damn wife, because she's a field hockey coach, right. right away said, "Oh, I'll be the parent, you'll be the coach. Yeah. So I got stuck coaching a couple of years of youth soccer until somebody else took over, thank God. That, Josh,
0: wasn't, that wasn't the best experience ever. Josh played
1: – <laughs> I just wasn't interested. I mean, I worked yeah. hard at it. Yeah. But – and actually, Josh played soccer up through um, sixth grade. No, seventh grade, I think. And uh, and that's how all of a sudden he said, I want to try football. And we went, because I'm going, yes. And uh, But he'd already signed up for, and had his first few practices in a game in soccer and we looked at him and said, hey, look, you signed up for it. You, you're not pulling out of soccer now. So, mm-hmm. And so we went to the coach and said, look, we got two choices. We don't want him to get done because he, he made a commitment to you. But he can't be at a couple practices a week plus practice football every day. Yeah. You know, academically, this, that's, that's, that's a stretch. So she said, if he could just come to practice, you know, once a week, and we have our games on, on Saturdays. And we said okay because the, the middle school they never play on Saturday. So mm-hmm. he so we did both seventh grade and then realized that he, I mean I don't know if you see my son he's six one at that time he weighed about two fifteen he's not a soccer player really he's a football played yeah. guard and tackle and defensive <laughs> end yeah um, let's see what else did I coach that's enough I think. You ever
0: coach like softball?
1: I did coach softball. You did,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> my wife was actually enough along though, just a couple games. My wife yeah. was the softball coach. I was the AD at Skowhegan, and yeah. she had a really good team. She never lets me forget. So we we took the team over. It was it was Rumford at that time, not Mountain Valley. They Rumford was nine hundred kids, and uh, anyway, my our son had had uh, a, a shot, and he was really sick, so he. She decides she better stay home with them. So I took her team and uh, we lost. Oh. She only lost two games a whole year. And that was one of that them. That was one of them,
0: <laughs> yes. So Oh you know. wow. <laughs>
1: yeah. So that went over really, really big. I think what we can do now is take another break. When we
0: come back, we'll have Trevor Heffel right here in studio to give us a preview of Bates Bowden. Men's lacrosse tonight, seven o'clock at Garcelon Field. I'm already hyped up for this one it should be a lot of fun back in a moment talking with st dom's alum trevor heffel here just a moment this is the b list daily on sports time 780 and sportstimemaine.com there's a winning culture when it comes to sports teams in new england
2: (laughs) and now there's a new winning team to add to the list Spectrum Orthopedics, an all-star roster of orthopedic experts delivering top care right here in your backyard. Spectrum Orthopedics is made up of three of the area's top orthopedic practices, OA Centers for Orthopedics, Central Maine Orthopedics, and Falmouth Orthopedic Center. Spectrum Orthopedics makes it easier for physicians, surgeons, sports medicine specialists, and clinical staff to share resources and work as one, making patient care efficient and more affordable. To learn more about Spectrum Orthopedics and connect with a provider in your area, visit spectrumhcp.com forward slash ortho.
3: We believe in better. A better way to invest, a better way to serve you, and a better result.
4: At Frisbee & Associates, we can help you determine how much risk you're taking, red flags that could be potential problems for you, how much you're paying in fees and commissions, potential tax liability, and how to address social security.
3: For your free consultation, call Kevin Frisbee at 241-7430. Frisbee & Associates is located in Rumford, Brewer, and in Lewiston at 656 Main Street. Call 241-7430 online at frisbeebenefits.com.
5: All aboard, MBR.org! The place to get all your high school and amateur sports news and information. MBR.org is in high gear with Maine High School Winter Sports. Go to MBR.org to chat about your favorite team. Find the latest articles, travel news, and cancellations. Or visit their all-new and very popular team pages. MBR.org has everything you want to know about high school and amateur sports in Maine. Coming in February, all the high school tournament action at your fingertips 24-7. It's high school sports heaven. All aboard, MBR. We Did you ever look at the stains in your coffee cup
6: and then realize that's exactly what happens to your teeth? Paraswabs is the five minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr. Martin Gineger that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes and you're done. To try Paraswab's risk-free, call 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969.
7: El IRS ha contratado agencias privadas para comenzar a cobrar impuestos pendientes. Ya pueden embargar su salario e imponer gravámenes a su propiedad. Si se está ahogando en deudas de impuestos, prepárese para una línea directa de ayuda. Civic Tax puede protegerlo de las agencias de cobro del IRS. Detenga las tarifas adicionales y embargos salariales. Libérese del IRS. Llame ahora a Civic Tax Relief para obtener información gratis. Usted podría calificar para el programa Fresh Start, que ahora está disponible a través de Civic Tax Relief. Podría ahorrar mil. Si le perdonan sus impuestos La línea directa especial para ayuda con los impuestos de Civic Tax Relief Puede ayudarle a descubrir todos los programas de ayuda Usted califica gratis Solo tiene que llamar al 800-583-1931 800-583-1931 No espere, la consulta es gratis La información es gratis Esta llamada podría ahorrarle miles Llame ahora al 800-583-1931 800-583-1931
8: If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. Call Wallen Associates now and pay less than you owe. 800-727-0433. That's 800-727-0433.
9: See something? Smell something? Do something. When your basement or crawl space smells, don't ignore it. Odors, mold, and harmful pollutants come from too much moisture and not enough air circulation, making your home unhealthy. Do something. Call Wave Home Solutions today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. Experts recommend ventilation instead of dehumidifiers to reduce moisture and expel harmful gases and pollutants. Wave moisture control units continuously dry out your home, transforming it into a fresher, healthier environment year-round. Wave units cost only pennies a day to operate, and there are no buckets too empty. Call WAVE today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. That's goodairusa.com or call 1-888-980-WAVE. WAVE
10: Home Solutions for a healthy, comfortable home.
0: It's the B-List Daily on Sports Time 780, live online at sportstimemaine.com. Aaron Morris filling in for Maddie B on this Wednesday. Coach Dave Wing in studio with us as usual, and happy to be joined by Green native St. Dom's alum, Bates College assistant, <laughs> men's lacrosse coach Trevor Heffel. In the studio preview tonight's big game, Bates-Bowden, 7 o'clock, Garcelon Field. Trevor, how's it going today?
11: How pumped are you for tonight? I'm really excited. Couldn't be more excited for an in-state rivalry. Uh, really appreciate you guys having me on, so uh
0: excited to talk about it well tell us about your background a little bit because you grew up around the program basically right and then yeah. you went to st dom's and had a great career there when did you first start really getting into lacrosse um so my dad played
11: in college and uh you know it was a huge part of his life he coached for a long time um in and out of the college ranks in high school uh so kind of always around it being on the being on the sideline kicking around water bottles or messing with some of the players and uh just hanging out hanging out on the sideline and uh you know had a stick in my cradle or <laughs> when I was when I was young and uh, uh. <laughs> and uh you know just started there and um and we came up to Maine and uh you know he had to kind of start ignite uh, uh, the youth program in the area and uh you know he was the director for the youth program here and uh you know working at Bates and got to be around that and and you know was huge influence in my life really. my life really lacrosse how, was.
0: yeah how have you seen lacrosse grow in this state even you know during your lifetime um you know it's kind of wild i think
11: like it's the diversity diversity is, is huge the way it's expanded um definitely northern uh you know you used to have the hotbeds of of just yarmouth and and falmouth and uh not really falmouth at that back back in my day it was started that's when falmouth really started to to kick up and uh but yeah, Yarmouth and you know Portland and Brunswick. There was a couple teams that competed, and, and now it's like you have Metslonski and you know Lewiston and.
1: I think it's the fastest growing sport in the state of Maine. Probably is. Yeah,
11: yeah,
0: sounds about right. And you know, when did you when when you after you played lacrosse in college, how did you come back to Bates uh, after growing up around the program to become a coach here? Um, so
11: I uh, actually came back. I was I was just about to leave. Um, you know, do a little bit of traveling, and I stopped by to see Coach Zanya. Uh, I, w- I would stop by and and see him every time I I came home and had a chance to. So, would would be, you know, doing something at Bates, just hanging around, and would shoot up to his office and say hello. And um, so, right before I left, he's like, you know, kind of have this opportunity. What do you think? And uh, you know, I kind of had different plans, and then. <laughs> next day, I, I walked back upstairs. I was like, let's do it. This I'm is, in. This is, yeah, couldn't be happier for, you know, for that type of opportunity.
0: So the transition from being a lacrosse player to lacrosse coach, what were some adjustments you had to make, kind of?
11: Um, I think, you know, the way you prepare for games. Yeah. Um, you know, I, being really excited and, you know, being ready to play and, uh, you gotta tone that down a little bit. You gotta be, uh, you gotta, it's, you gotta be able to think and and be calm and represent that. And uh, you know, it's, it's kind of been a a learning process. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me, it was it was definitely a bit humbling. Um, and I saw that the most when uh, after my first year here, I was, you know, just kind of a volunteer assistant on the offensive end, um, and then got the full time job being the defensive coordinator. And it's really humbling when you realize, like, you know, you've been around lacrosse your whole life, and then you go and uh, you switch sides of the ball that you don't really know, and then you you realize that something you've been around so long, um, you know, you you don't know that much about. You don't know. You don't know anything about. Just scratch the surface. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's it's been great. It's been great.
0: So you have an offensive background, obviously, as a player, right? Yeah. So now you're coordinating the defense, and so. Oh, I mean we've seen the defense this year there's been some great you know players we had a great player last year in Federal who graduated, was an all-American seems like Rocco Fantonia stepped in doing a great job this year tell us a little bit about him cuz he has been he's been on the USILA team of the week twice now
11: <laughs> Yeah yeah um, Rocco's put a lot of time in the off season um, he's a kid who's really prioritized his fitness coming into this year um you know really upbeat attitude a uh, kid from a great lacrosse background in St. Anthony's on Long Island, uh, so he just knows the game really well. And something that sets him apart is his stick. His stick is unbelievable. Uh, some of the things you'll see him, you know, do tonight if you tune into the game are kind of wild. Getting the ball off the ground, throwing fakes, and running in transition, and uh, you know, just able to throw checks as well and do a lot of do a lot of good things with the stick that sets him apart.
0: This season's kind of been interesting. Obviously, you guys loaded up uh, early season schedule. You faced nas- last year's national runner-up, RIT, in the first game of the year. They're um, on a neutral site. Um, and obviously, you know, you can't replace a Charlie Faye, Kyle Weber, Andrew Melvin. But it seems like the team in you know, recent games has started to f- find some more of an identity. What do you think about that?
11: I think that's the the perfect word yeah. for it, <laughs> um, finding that identity, uh, finding roles. Like, we have, we have a lot of young guys that, um, you know, have a lot more to do with what we're doing Um, and just figuring out how much give and take in in terms of that, uh, what their role is. And I think everything's kind of settling in of, of, up on a, on a bigger scale of who we are, but like at an individual level guys are figuring out who they are and and where they fit in the grand scheme. And it's, you know, kind of a, we, we have to start late. So um, that, that hindered that a little bit as well, but you know, we're in a pretty, pretty strong trajectory that we hope to, Know, keep that going upwards
0: number of mainers on the team including i think three guys from Falmouth who, yeah. this year right uh, is that the fay effect somewhat or <laughs> um
11: you know uh we've had a really great connection with them you know yeah. with, uh coach Mike Labello is actually one of our assistants um was the coach at Falmouth before coming here mm-hmm. the head coach at Falmouth um that so helps. you know yeah <laughs> yeah we had a great relationship with that program um whether it be you know, through Mr. Faye and Charlie Faye and, and Coach LaBelle. Um, you know, and just really fortunate to have those kind of connections with Coach Zanin and guys around the state. And
1: what uh, you know, thinking about the game tonight, for instance, against Bowdoin, the weather could be off. I mean, uh, the field could be a little little wet, and the the ball and everything else is probably going to get wet. What what kind of changes do you have to make when the when everything's wet?
11: Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll throw a lacrosse term at you: uh, sticks bag out, um, which means the pocket will like will get deeper and Droopy, yeah. yeah, yeah, and the ball will kind of stick in your stick or release a little bit early. So your release points kind of has to change. Um, but you know, with kind of there've been advances with technology in like terms of the mesh and the way sticks are strung, that sticks are a little bit more water resistant, but could get a little sloppy definitely with with the conditions
1: now on the spot do they ever tighten up the shooting string or they just change their release point
11: um you know tightening up shooting strings whether you'll be you'll see a lot of guys probably throughout warm-ups trying to figure that out messing with their sticks um you know that's going to be the kind of effect guys guys are going to probably stay more consistent with their release points and mess with their sticks a little bit
1: sure i, I told uh aaron before you got here that when i coach cross, i'm a baseball guy yeah so I said to the seniors, "You need to teach the young kids about the shooting string because I have no idea <laughs> what to do with it or whatever." It, it's much more intricate sport than people think it is. Yeah, well, yeah. it really is.
0: When you have someone who's maybe coming to like one of their first lacrosse games or maybe been watching it for a little bit, but they don't maybe know certain details. What's something people should know about lacrosse, or maybe? understand it better you know conceptually almost
11: um relating it to other sports yeah um so when you're looking at like a full field aspect you're kind of looking at you know soccer type of spacing and then when you look at like a half field when teams are playing like a six on six that's more relatable to you know think about basketball but Mm. you play basketball with 10 yards behind the behind the rim so you add you add an extra guy in 10 yards behind the rim and you kind of have basketball hockey type of Type of look,
0: yeah, I, I, it reminds me of like hockey on grass, basically, yeah. sort of, or on turf. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're in this case. But, but
1: hockey and 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 soccer and whatever, like you say, it's the same concepts using the alleys and and uh, trying to defend to the to the boundary as opposed to letting them run down the middle and you know same thing you do in ice hockey, really. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, love, I love the rule also when you shoot, whoever's closest gets the yeah. ball back. <laughs> yeah, oh, it keeps the game much faster. And yeah, Is that a new rule no. somewhat? No, it's been around no. a while. Okay, yeah. one of our players they, told me he thought it was a new well, they rule.
1: Wanted but, to, no, they wanted yeah. to make sure that people would shoot. Yeah. Otherwise, if you thought yeah. you're going to lose the ball, you don't shoot. Right. You know? so, um, tell me about that. I mean, it's the first sport that I coached where um, – because it's divided up by offense and defense mm-hmm. and because the middies go back and forth, but um, it's so interesting because they do s- different things. The, the long sticks play a totally different game than the attacks yeah. do. Now, you were an attack? Yes, I was. So um, now that you're coaching more on the defensive end, defensive end or defense in general? Um, defense in general. Uh, so yeah. in other words, you, when the other team gets the ball, you're talking about riding them and all the things that you do as a defender. Do you get up? Do you get a long stick? Can you can you control the ball or because that's a totally different skill than it is when you're a, yeah. you got a short stick. It really is. So you can use a long stick, all right. Um. So part of my yeah part of my process <laughs> of like
11: of you know getting better at understanding is. I've like when I go and play during the summers or I go and play in men's league, I'll pick up a long stick and uh, I've kinda like it's kinda weird I've devoted myself like I, I think now like I only want to stay on the defensive side of the ball. I really like it and I've like kinda devoted myself like I'll go and play and I'll go and play defense in the summers and I like I, I really like it. And
1: I, I said the same thing when you when you play defense in ice hockey. You you see the whole the whole ice, just like you do in, in lacrosse, you see the full field whereas the guys, especially the middies are going back and forth, they see little chunks of it, but when you're when you got a long stick in hand you're looking at the big picture where can I get the ball to somebody on the move, in a space you know, and so on, so it, it, it's a very different game, it really is Yeah, and you do feel both my kids played ice hockey and they played defense, both of them responsible I'm responsible for making sure that they don't score. So it gives you a really good feeling when they don't. Yeah. It yeah. really does.
11: Yeah. And your mistakes Ooh, big. turn up. Yeah. They, <laughs> they show up on the scoreboard. Yeah, whereas they do. if you're on offense, not, yeah, not
0: yeah, so no much. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> right. How much? I mean, assuming you spent a ton of time with our goalkeepers over there at Bates also. I mean, and that's another position that's, you know, you didn't play necessarily. So how do you work with them?
11: Um. So, funny thing, actually, my, my freshman year of high school, I. Started in the goal for, okay. our, for our varsity team. <laughs> um, my dad was a goalie, so I spent a lot of time uh, mm. learning the craft. Um, but he's actually helping out with our team, and he's, he's the goalie coach. Um, okay. So he has a lot of that responsibility. And, um, you know, that's a great core group of guys and specialized positions. So, got to be specialized coaching.
0: Well, yeah. For those who don't know, Dave Heffel, Trevor's dad, uh, equipment manager over there at Bates, does uh, assistant equipment. He does basically everything though uh, for lacrosse yeah. and for uh, a lot of other sports, basketball and, and so on, and so forth. But um, so he is on the coaching staff though this year. So what's that yeah. been, dynamic been like?
11: <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so you look at the group of of coaches. Um, you know, it's been. Uh... <laughs> it's an interesting group. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I grew up actually being coached by all these guys. Uh, yeah. Coach Fournier um, from Lewiston, right. uh, formerly from Lewiston, and, and his sons are there now with the high school program. Uh, coach Labelle, who coached against me in high school, um, my dad, obviously, and and Coach Lasagna, um you know, spent a lot of hours together on the on the Bates turf, and um, you know, kind of grew up learning from those guys, and then now being able to coach with them is is, cra- is a crazy full circle effect, of, and a, a real family atmosphere. Honestly, it's really open and and nice.
1: In coaching high school across I had this sense that they wouldn't always catch the ball when it was thrown to them. So ground balls and picking them up was going to be really important. So that was number one. We spent an inordinate amount of time on ground balls. You know how to how to get them, how to block somebody else off from getting them, and so on. And face offs. I figured if we have the ball and they don't, we're going to be better off. What what kind of things? I mean, it's different at the college level. What they are going to catch the ball much more often. <laughs> what, what kind of things do you spend most of your time on?
11: Um, you know, it's it's funny that it comes back to the exact same things that you that you were doing. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time with fundamental stuff. Uh, you know, it what fundamentals we're focusing on are determined right now by the opponents we're playing. But you know, not much changes except the focus of the fundamentals that we're working on. Whether we do well in the last game, how our approach is to certain fundamentals allows us to a more big picture the way we do go about our fundamentals lead to bigger picture schemes and stuff but we spend a lot of time mostly on fundamentals honestly
0: well one thing about lacrosse is you guys break down film maybe more than anyone except football i don't know in terms of sports i mean you guys look over every inch of that film and so uh that obviously when you study film as a coach probably a little bit different from when you're studying as a player when the coaches are kind of guiding you through it so how's that adjustment been in terms of breaking down film yeah
11: um you know the biggest thing and this is what uh i tell the guys um our team is when i went from a player to a coach the thing i started realizing that i like to watch the most i never watched the ball as a coach I watch everything that's going on around the ball as a player. Um, before I really had, you know, the same type of, uh, you know, the way I looked at the game was different. So I just watched the ball, and now I I miss the ball, and I'll have to replay and see what happened with the ball because <laughs> I'm watching everything else that's going on at bigger picture level.
0: All right, so without giving anything away, what have you noticed about Boden? What are they going to bring the table tonight? <laughs> um, they
11: have a really strong, really strong first midfield. Um, they have, they're really. Experienced team. Most of their guys are seniors. Uh, you know, they play five or six guys at the attack that are all very skilled, have different things to offer. Um, so, you know, being aware of, of who's out there is important. But that first midfield kind of anchors everything they do. Not giving up, you know, unassisted goals to those those big dodgers coming down uh, is a huge. is going to be a huge part of the game.
0: Yeah, because one of the risks on a faceoff, if you don't win it, that faceoff guy can really. Penetrate your defense pretty quickly and, yeah. and cause some problems, right? That's yeah, t-
11: yeah, that that that's a huge part of their game, yeah. actually. Um, their face-off guys about sixty-two percent on the year, and he's faced really good competition so far. And he's really aggressive in what you're just talking about, pushing that ball forward, and um, they score a lot of big goals that way.
0: Well, and last year's game was so. Thrilling, right? Remember uh, yeah. last year, I voted base not like had to lean to like the last like minute, right? And I mean, that's when it counts, right? <laughs> exactly. What do you remember about that game? Because that, uh, that game was epic,
11: <laughs> yeah. That was wild. Um, you know, just it was up and down. Um, their goalie made a lot of big saves, uh, and you know, they were really hammering us for the first three quarters, and then kind of everything just started clicking once the fourth quarter came around. We had a really big fourth quarter. Um, you know, Freddie Ulbrich, I remember, stepping up big time, making causing a couple turnovers late. And then, uh, you know, we were able to, to put the ball in the net a couple times. And I remember, you know, the last play of the game with, uh, you, know, you know, all guys that were actually seniors. You know, Jake Walsh making a big play to mm-hmm. Andrew Melvin, throwing it to Kyle Weber um, and scoring a, a huge goal that was – Really exciting, um, but yeah, it's gonna be a definitely a different look for us. They're gonna see a different Bobcat team, and you know they have a lot of the same guys. It's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun.
0: You were with the squad in two thousand fifteen, right? Uh, when they made the tournament for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that year, I feel like there's a lot of parallels maybe to this season because that year you guys came into April. Uh, you know, with four losses and you guys have the, that right now this year, and then you just went undefeated in April. So do yeah. you, do you look back to that season? Does the team look back at uh, it? the coach look back at it at all?
11: Uh, yeah. That's funny that you asked that. I was actually just thinking about that kind of making parallels <laughs> to that in my yeah. own head of, you know, a uh, very similar type of situation and, you know, a team that found itself as a team, as the year went along and, you know, with, you know, similar talents and, you know, I, I do see a lot of this team and in, in that team. It's hard to compare, yeah. You know, season to season, but there's, I, it's yeah. There's a parallel to me as well. Hopefully, like right. Job. Hopefully, yeah. we could see yeah.
0: another April like that April. <laughs> but um, from a recruiting perspective, I know you're in this coach in terms of the NesCac and yeah, assistant coach. Obviously, you're you're relied on to help out with that a lot. So, what's that process like?
11: Um, you know, the sport of lacrosse is kind of wild in that aspect. Um, there's an unbelievable, with the growth of the game, there's an unbelievable amount of camps and prospects days and whatever you want to call them all around the country. Uh, my job is really to try to be at as many as possible. (laughs) So I, you know, spend, you know, June and July to take maybe five days off and the rest of it, I'm on the road, you know, on a plane, driving my car, you know, in a, in a a dorm room (laughs) on some old bed. But, uh, Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. You know, you get to spend a lot of time with the same people and it's, it makes a, makes for a nice community of, you know, all those assistant coaches, all those other coaches that you see and spend time with and creates a really great community around the game. And, um, you know, and it's kind of wild though. It's kind of wild.
0: When you get the chance to talk to kids, I know there's rules about that, but when, maybe when they come to campus or what do you tell them about Bates and in general and about Bates lacrosse?
11: Yeah. Um, so one of my favorite questions is, you know, what sets Bates apart? You know, yeah. everyone has that question of it's all the same kids, you know, looking at all these nescaq <laughs> schools, really. Um, and they're trying to figure out what sets Bates apart. Uh, I tell them two things, you know, the feel, um, you know, what Bates has to offer in terms of the feel of the people there, um, you know, the feel of the school, of what it has to offer. It's definitely a different feel compared to the other schools, um, you know. And the people, really, the community, community is what I say, Uh, you know, the community of Lewis and Auburn and how Bates integrates into that. And, you know, the community of students and Bates, Bates is, you know, a holistic type of place, I think. Um, You we have kids that are into a whole bunch of other different things, active in another a lot of other groups. And, you know, it's something different, um, you know. Sometimes lacrosse players are just the cross players, and um, I think Bates or athletes are just athletes. But I think Bates uh, tries to tries to change that stigma. Well, a good example of that. that stigma.
0: Miles Smith, men's lacrosse, also student body vice president. So there you go. Yeah, right? yeah,
11: and Miles is a great kid one of one of the best, and you know, yeah, he's a great representative of our team, and you know, the school, the school in general. Absolutely.
0: I know Peter Lasagna has the team in the community a lot doing lots of community service projects as well, right? Yeah. What, what, do you, How much are you involved in that in terms of, uh, you know, what, what the team is doing off the field, I guess? Yeah.
11: Um, you know, that, what I just said about the holistic type of thing, yeah. uh, Coach Lasagna represents that and enforces that and creates that, you know. He's a huge representative of that. Um, he does a really great <laughs> job of that. Um, you know, being, he's a huge community guy. Uh, you know, his wife Holly is um, actually a councilwoman right. in uh, Auburn, and you know, Coach Zanja is part of a lot of great groups, and you know, gets the guys involved in those, and you know, it's it's a really great thing to see.
1: So, did you think, did you ever have aspirations to be a coach? Um, it, it sounded like it kind of came as eh, I was going to go do something else. And do you regret it? I mean, is there ever a time <laughs> that you say? wow i spent an awful lot of time doing this i could be doing something else uh
11: absolutely not um you know i i don't regret it at all it's it's kind of what i figured out i meant to do it's uh you know actually something i've always you know when you think back and what you want to be as a kid um it was right up there and then like you know kind of got away from it like you know i have to do something else like make money. Yeah. You got to make a living. <laughs> <laughs> Cause, Cause coaching is a little, <laughs> <laughs> you got to work your way up for a while. To, right. To, My dad said, you yeah. want to be a coach? You never make any money doing that. Oh, well, he was right about that. Um, so yeah. And so I had that realization. And then once I started doing it and I knew there's, there's nothing else.
0: Yeah. So the goal at this point is maybe be a head coach down
1: the road then. Probably. Um,
11: yeah, we'll see where it, we'll see where it takes me. Um, yeah, you know, just not looking too far ahead right now, but but definitely.
1: So you're mobile. In other words, you'd go to if Khan College wanted a coach. You'd <laughs> oh God, you Trevor coaching against Peter. Uh, may, yeah. maybe, <laughs> maybe, not maybe maybe not Con. Maybe not Con. It's okay, even if they're listening. But maybe not Con. But uh, I, I have made sure I've told each of the Bates coaches because every time we do this, we have Bates coaches on, which has yeah. been fantastic. <laughs> I I've met some tremendous people. I always tell them my son went to Wesleyan and my daughter went to Con College. So <laughs> <laughs> couldn't get either one of them to stay home. Yeah. Both of those That's teams awesome. won't play us on turf. Well,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I say us because I, you know, full disclosure, I do work at Bates. That's why we have Bates coaches on whenever I stop. Uh... Doesn't
1: Wesleyan have? Uh, don't they have turf? They yeah. do. They, they have a nice new turf. They won't yeah. play yeah. us on turf, right? Last year they made us play on grass. Yeah, they're, they're
0: birdcage. <laughs> they they have like a, a
11: grass field in the middle of their campus that yeah, they yeah, play yeah. on late. Yeah. And,
0: Huh. NCAA quarterfinals last year, pretty epic game. That's but, interesting. I yeah. wonder
1: why. Well,
0: because Bates, last year, for some reason, whatever reason, for last, at least last year's team at least, the yeah. style lends itself to turf, right? What What is that? Like,
11: um, so we call it quick strike. Yeah. Um, or quick strike sure. style. We like to be, always be attacking once we get the ball on our sticks. Um, you know, always, we never let the defense rest type of, type of thought process. Um, you know, and that lends itself to being fast, like, Literally fast, sure. running up and down the field fast, um, you know. And, and grass kind of is a little bit slower. Yeah. <laughs> um, plays in plays. I, I can remember Depending when way. I was
1: coaching at Oak Hill, we played in the playoffs at Yarmouth, and they played at NYA on the turf. Mm-hmm. And my kids were absolutely the first quarter was shocked because Yarmouth would get the ball beyond the goal line. And the long stick would simply air, air mill it, and it would take a couple of bounces very nicely on the turf and land right in the attack's cross, and boom, they're on a fast <laughs> break like crazy. My kids are looking like, what, what just happened? <laughs> Seriously, because that doesn't happen on grass. No, Grass is going to skid, and it's not going to stay up where you can catch it. And it was, it's, a, it's a totally different game on turf, I think. Yeah, if there's any it question.
11: Is. The bounce of the ball, the speed of the game. Sure, the speed of the game okay.
1: is
0: incredible. One thing that I find great about the men's lacrosse team is there's a lot of creativity. I feel like on that roster, I we talked about the weather earlier, and I don't know even know about this coach, but there is no team more prepared for the weather than Bates men's lacrosse team <laughs> because they have an Instagram account, Bates M Weather, where two of our players maintain it, where they send out Instagram updates um, about the weather, and they do like video skits and stuff like that, and it's hilarious. Great. You were laughing. I mean, uh, that that started last year, and it's obviously been a big hit. right?
11: Yeah. <laughs> um. So when freshmen come in, yeah. uh, there's always a, a lunch man who needs to know the lunch every day. They'll like, they'll like yell his name. Hey, what's the lunch today? And he, yeah. Or like call him. Apparently they'll call him whatever he's doing. What's, <laughs> what's for lunch day yeah. and a weatherman and, right. uh, Otis, who is the guy who who's the player who runs it. Yeah. Um, was it last year? He was the weatherman and he turned it into this, the, uh, an Instagram account. And, uh, Know it's just been ran away ever since. He's
0: a
1: chief meteorologist. <laughs> it's it's, self-described it's, title, <laughs> but it's great though. You know that that makes it fun. It gives you something to look forward to. You know, let's face it, uh, the grind of any season, even though spring sports in Maine tend to be pretty quick. Yeah, the grind of any season, you gotta have fun. You, you get you gotta be able to smile and look forward to going in and seeing the guys or gals, whatever sport you're playing. You know and Enjoy it. You got to be able to enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they definitely enjoy that account. I do as well. I'm making a video on it right now. I so. did have one other quick question. It, it's been on my mind when when I coach in high school. Sometimes you don't have the depth, so yeah. we would say to our middies, "Next face-off, you're going to play attack, oh. and the attack going to play midi, so that they can." I don't want to say rest because that's not the right term for it, but you know what I mean. They're not yeah. going to race up and down like you do when you're a midi. Do you do things like that in college, or do you have enough depth you don't know, don't worry about that?
11: Um, that's funny you say that. Um, so the game in college is a little bit more specialized. We'll have offensive midfielders who are on playing offense and they'll sure. come off the field. Yeah. We have de- specialized defensive midfielders, you know, specialized face-off guys. Um, but we do have a guy, Clark Jones, um, who will do that. He'll we'll have him running in the midfield. Um, you know, he's a great wing guy, great on the ground, um, and then. Instead of subbing him out, he's tired. We'll send him down to attack, and, you know, he's kind of a utility guy like that, but, you know, it is more specialized. It's generally more specialized.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I... It's taken me a while to learn all the Intricacy. I can't pronounce that word – all the uh, details about <laughs> men's lacrosse yeah. uh, and, and women's lacrosse. Oh, and women's base, lacrosse, totally different. Totally different, different yeah. rules and everything. And I just learned about offensive and defensive midfielders like a few weeks ago from <laughs> Otis. Because I was talking <laughs> – <like>, I was <laughs> asking Otis oh, all these questions. Like these are dumb questions. i like, got to know them. And he would explain to me everything. I went, oh, that's interesting. Okay. And then you have one long stick midfielder. Yeah. And um, do you work with the long stick midi then also then yeah. I imagine? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. We had a couple of long stick goals this year. Those are always fun.
11: Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, lends itself to the way we play. Um, yeah. you know, and kind of the guys we have Rocco Fantoni and you know, guys who can get up and down the field with handler and handle a long poles pretty well.
0: All right, we're almost out of time here, 11.59. We have to sign off here in just a minute. But uh, before we let you go, Trevor, any other thoughts about tonight's game, what you're most looking forward to? Uh, Bates versus Bowden, obviously the, the, the iconic yeah. rivalry in the NESCAC, I would say. It's always a little bit
11: personal. Everyone yeah. everyone has something that's a little bit personal in this game.
0: Um, all these
11: kids know each other and have known each other for a lot longer than you'd think, and they go abroad together and, you know, really is, really is personal. We spend a lot of time with their staff. And these kids spend a lot of time around each other. So uh, there's a lot of things that are similar between us. And, you know, it's really, really fun. Let's
0: do it. Tonight, 7 o'clock, Garcelon Field. Should be a little bit rainy, but Bates will be prepared. Trevor Heffel, thanks so much. Thank Coach, you so much. Yeah, Coach Dave yeah. Wing, thanks for being with here as well. My name, my name is Aaron Morse. Matty B should be back tomorrow. This has been the B-List Daily on Sports Time 780.